How's it going? This is Ty, and this is also the Fiction and Copy Decoded podcast, and I'd like to welcome you, which of course, I always do. Here we talk about fiction, copywriting, persuasion, marketing, and several other issues. Ever since I discovered that fiction writing and copywriting do borrow from each other in quite a few different ways. So without any further ado than we've already had, let's get to it. All right, this is episode 140. So, this is about a life coach. I'm actually going to talk about something I didn't mention in the original post titled How a Life Coach Took My Brain to the Cleaners, originally published July 17th of 2014, because I realized something after thinking about this that I didn't actually include in the post itself and something that I ever never went back to after that point. So, it'll be kind of a bonus for you if you're listening here because it wasn't in the blog, so... All right, so I get a message from a life coach in Texas who wants me to write emails for her, which is pretty cool, all right. She wants a couple of emails to build trust with her list, that's fine, and a few more to promote some group coaching, that's fine. All right, so me being the precise, calculating, and sometimes maybe a little obsessive person that I am, I decided to back up a dump truck full of dirt, and shovel it onto a molehill to make a mountain. Because up to that point, I had never written for a life coach before, or coaches at all. And after that, it was a little bit dicey for me. I asked a couple of friends for advice, and they had said basically, well, okay, treat them the same as any other client except for for the benefits, features, and what have you, it's actually going to be inside somebody else's head rather than an actual physical object or physical something. It's like, all right, that's fine, that's fine. So I schedule a book of the consult, the first consult, for 10 in the morning. All right, and this, this is the interesting part because this part doesn't, isn't actually a problem anymore. What I had to do based on what's at the house or what was at the house that's not here anymore was to switch out a couple of dial-up phone lines that I had had to accommodate the internet so that I could have the consult and so on because otherwise it didn't work because I wanted to keep the main line clear. I had a phone exclusively for the internet and a phone exclusively for a main line. But I use the internet line as the like the consult line and so on to not mess it up. Boy, I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore. Really, I am. All right, so I kind of got a little jumpy at this point because I'd gotten pretty nervous before consults and so on. I think I still do on occasion, but not to the point where I'd have to like run around outside. Maybe it was just nice that day. Anyway. I get inside to make the call, even though I had uh, switched the lines as quickly, as soon as I possibly could, a couple of minutes to uh, get things going, nobody's there. So I leave a message, I'll call back in a few minutes. I don't do very well at talking to machines, so that's something I do have to get used to, all right. I make the second call, like nobody's there at all. 
And so I'm all these things running, all these things are running through my head that I messed up even before I got there. Should I have said something different during scheduling? All these ridiculous things. And even in the five second pause during that message when I didn't say anything, it was just to a machine. Like nobody was going to say anything to me because this was just a machine. Which is why I also say I need to get better of talking to machines. That's beside our point for today. All right. So I put everything back the way it was, thinking that I wasn't going to have the call because, and I would have needed to reschedule and so on, which was probably right. All right. So I go to my email to check to see I wasn't missing anything. <laughs> and it's like, okay, my client had sent me a message like shortly before the consult telling me she'd wanted to reschedule. And it's like, I could have saved myself. Well, could have, should have, would have. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, and I can say this now, being years and years later. But it doesn't really matter up to that point, I don't think, about what other people are thinking. I used to, something I have to let go of is like trying to, maybe it's trying to control what other people think of me based on how I present myself to them. But to me, I think it goes a little deeper the part that I'm trying to let go of is like controlling their thoughts about me or their perceptions about me. It's like, what if they think this? Well, okay, what if they do? Is that good or is it bad? And I wouldn't have, or negative possibly, I wouldn't have had anything to say about it or any influence over that because that's somebody else's thoughts in somebody else's head. And it's like, okay, I can present myself and this and that as solid rock-solid testimonials and rock-solid samples and great consult, but like if they don't vibe, it doesn't really work very well at all. And it was okay. And that was a waste of effort to me. And people are people. And people will understand as long as there are those things that legitimately out of your control that it won't matter as much. And if they don't understand, you probably don't want to deal with them anyway. I mean, largely. Like, okay, oh, the car broke down. Okay. I mean, it's not as if, like, the dog ate my homework, you know. Although, <laughs> if, if, uh, if I had said that to any one of my teachers, they would have known better because they, a lot of my teachers growing up, when I, especially when I was younger, were, like, super not necessarily super tight with my parents, but my parents always knew what I was up to in school and so on. And they would have known within like five seconds if I would have told them that was a lie because I was never a, a dog owner at all. So it's like, that doesn't really, that doesn't really jive with that. Not that I would do that, but it's those things where if it's a legitimate concern, people will be okay with it as long as you make a good faith effort to get things going on your end to like, hey, she had said she'd wanted to reschedule and we did actually do the project and so on. And what she actually said was she actually talked to me about what I actually just said about letting go and so on. And for some strange reason, I don't know what the deal was, this consult with this life coach went for legit over 90 minutes. I couldn't stop taking notes and listening. 
and because normally I only allocate 30 minutes. I learned a lot about her background, personality, her audience, all really good stuff that really helped me. Almost like I was, I lived through everything in my life to that moment to hear what she had to say to me. It was very interesting, especially because of her background uh, in the oil and gas industry. But that wasn't part of what she was dealing with. As part of what she wanted me to write for her, that was separate. But it was very interesting for me because of the fact about having to deal with a lot, a lot of difficulties inherent, not only in the industry, but in how I think she was perceived in the industry as well. So <laughs> I also thought that I should start charging for initial consultations maybe later. I don't know. That was not necessarily the beginning of me thinking about myself in terms of something other than like just a writer. It's like, okay, am I just a writer? Well, no. If I can give advice on certain things, I can, I can consult and so on. And that's like not just writing. If you can control things, you know, go ahead. If not, you know, forget about it. And that, for me, that lesson has come up over and over and over again in life. Uh, my client also loved the emails I wrote. You know, it's not sweated. I shouldn't have sweated it. Although I will say that one other thing that I will mention that actually wasn't here was that I should have done a lot more digging, trying to figure out how she was marketing in other parts of like her her business and so on and how she was a minister and coaching and whatnot because i think that would have helped her more a lot of times if we're trained to do a certain thing it can be hard to break out of that mold but it can also be hard to see every other part that's in a client's business and so on because we're only concerned with one of it. So, all right, we have emails. Okay, where do the emails go? Uh, in a sales funnel, probably. Okay, what's in the funnel? Could be uh, VSL, static sales page, consult page. Uh, that links to a Facebook group. That links to other things or a set of triplicate surveys and what have you. And all those things are going to have an impact but if we also need to learn or need to discover what, how those other parts are doing, it's like so we could say, oh, okay, um, every part of this, uh, whatchamacallit, works well, except for this one part at the end that's rusted. Okay, cool. We can just replace that rusty part. But if there are other things where there's a lot more wrong with it, it's like, oh, it won't matter if we replace the rusty part because this one foot section of pipe is missing, this section of rubber over here is cracked, and this hood over this part is starting to split apart and it's allowing other things to escape and it's wasting energy and so on and so forth. There are other things that are amiss there that need to be diagnosed and dealt with, which you could also, if you have the expertise, to look for those things as well 
could also tack those on and so on as part of consults or other add-on services that you would you were to be able to offer as I would have been able to offer or at least suggest as part of what went on at that time. I do remember, this was years ago, I do remember talking to her a little bit about part of her story that I thought would go in a sales letter of some manner about her background. So that seems to me that she didn't have one of those, but I think she did mention something about marketing with Facebook at that point, which I also was not familiar with, which I think kind of hampered us both in that instance. So I hope she's learned a lot since then, and I know I have, but it's interesting too to think of how people interact with other people as far as it's like, okay, like with characterization, okay, this character meets this character. Well, all right. If you think of it as, okay, this character meets this character and this happens because of certain traits in their background and how they would react, okay, what if they meet somebody else? Their interaction would likely be different or would perhaps be different. And that's something to think of, not only as far as fiction goes or as copywriting goes, but in real life as well, because we kind of build, I think, a lot of fiction, of course, a lot of fictional interaction and other types of interaction talked about in also in sales materials is based on how people experience real life. Of course, that's what makes it relatable, but also what makes it more easily or more difficult to be interpreted based on what prospects or characters have and have not dealt with as of course is was in this example with me never having written for a life coach before and figuring out and dithering and struggling trying to figure out what to do about it and also what I had learned in the process of doing so. That'll be the end of this episode. I appreciate you guys hanging out. To learn more about the blog this podcast is connected to, you can visit it at fictionandcopydecoded.wordpress.com. You can learn about me there. You can also learn about me at my copywriting samples website, which is tymallcopywriting.yolasite.com. Yolasite is one word. It's Y-O-L-A-S-I-T-E.com. Oh, you can support this podcast by liking, sharing, commenting, and subscribing to get the word out. You can also become a monthly contributor if you'd like. For 99 cents a month, you'll get my thanks at the end of each and every episode. Well, not individually, but collectively. Uh, for $4.99 a month, I'll give you part of the show notes for that week, for that episode, and the month that you're featured. Terms apply, of course. And for $9.99 a month, I'll do a 30-second to one-minute ad for you to promote your business during the show. Again, terms apply. All right. I appreciate it once again that you took time to listen to me today, this week, this time. And we will catch you guys next time. Have a great rest of your day.